Hi guys, nice to see you all. Great to be back again. We had a fantastic trip to uh, Richards Bay. You can have a fantastic trip to Richards Bay. Believe it or not, you can. What else can I say? Just this morning, I love this morning. Jesus' word will find you and fill you, Melindy said. And, uh, and Justin came with the song of surrender. And unless you, unless you surrender, Jesus is, Jesus is trying to find you, but unless you surrender, you, you don't let him in. And, and I want to say this, surrender is not about giving up, it's about giving in. It's not about giving up something, it's not like, well, I'm surrendering, I'm actually just giving in to the Lordship of Jesus. And it's such an important thing to understand that because that's what salvation means. It's giving in to him. It's giving into his kingship and giving into his lordship and receiving everything that he has to give us. Um, it is an exciting, exciting thing to be saved. Last time I preached, I preached about being born again and how we have the word saved is kind of very much in our vocabulary, but the word born again has kind of gone out of vogue a little bit in the church because it kind of has got connotations attached to it and the problem is being saved also has connotations and it kind of makes it cheap. It's kind of cheap salvation. It's kind of you'd cross a line and then you're saved. When it's way more powerful what God wants to do when we get, when we get saved. And one of the other images of that is being born again. And so what I want to do this morning is just remind you what John chapter 3 says about being born again quickly. But then I want to jump to 1 Peter chapter 1. And see what Peter talks about when he talks about being born again. And um, he kind of fills it out a little bit more. That's why you've got to read the whole Bible, friends. You don't just camp around your favorite verse. Because the whole Bible is the whole word of God to the whole of God's people so that they can reach the whole of the world. And it's the whole counsel of God. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's more, we try to put God in our little boxes and put him into our little rules and kind of make him fit into our box. God does not fit into any of our boxes. And uh, we've got to surrender to him and allow him to teach us. But that comes through reading the scripture from one cover to the next. Genesis to Revelation. So John chapter 3, remember, I said to you, being born again, it's an important term. And uh, being born again is being born from above. That's the other translation of the same Greek word there. Being born again or born from above. Same, same idea. And the other, the other way that it describes it in John chapter 3 is it talks about being born of water and the Spirit and being born of the Spirit. So being born again is being born of the Spirit. That's what it means to be born again. And the, the idea there that Jesus is trying to convey is that it's not just being born again just with a new start. You get given a new source. So be, to be born again means you have a new start and it's so transformative it's so mind-blowing, it's so heavenly, it's so profoundly changes you, it's so transformative, it's like being born again. And Jesus is trying to convey that to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is saying, well, what do you mean, do I have to go back to my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, this, this born-again experience is a brand new start. A brand new start. That's why our past never holds us back. That's why our past should never be the thing that holds us back for our future. It's because we've been given a new start in Christ. Christ comes, he pays the price, he pays the penalty to, to wipe out the past, to forgive you of all sin. When Jesus died, remember, when Jesus died, he, he took on himself 
past, present, and future sin. Every sin, any sin that could ever have taken place. You think you've done something that's too bad for God to forgive you. I want to tell you it's not true. The blood of Jesus has covered over everything. Next week I'm going to talk about the, a word that we don't use very much. Atonement. We don't, when last did you in a conversation around coffee and you were kind of talking about atonement? We don't use it much, but it is so powerful. It is so transformative when you understand what that word means. And so it's a new start, but it's not just a new start. It is a new source. You're born from above. You're born of the Spirit of God. And it's a work of the Spirit of God. And he goes on in John chapter 3 and he says, you don't know where the Spirit's coming from or where it's going to. You don't know how, it's like wind. It's like, where did the wind start? And where, where is it going to end? No, you don't know. The only way that you know the wind is blowing is to stand there and let the wind blow past your ears. You can't see it moving. And unless there's things in its way, you won't even hear it. It's just a, just a movement of air. But when you stand in the midst of the Spirit, you begin to pick up what He's doing. And so there's this new relationship with the Spirit that happens with the source from above that you begin to experience when you get born again. And so if, you, if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, I've heard this born again stuff, Stan. I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not sure if I'm... I just want to tell you, born again simply means is that in God, He forgives you for your whole past, he gives you a new start. It's like you were born again. But you then begin to live the rest of your life from a new source, from, a new, from above, from this, by the Spirit of God. And you begin to walk with Him. And He begins to speak to you. And you begin to be obedient to Him as, as he, you find maturity and strength in Him. And your whole life changes. And, friends, it changes all the lives of those around you. Because when you get born from above, it's transformative for you, but it's transformative for those around you because you change so profoundly. So that's what it means to be born again from John chapter 3. And the way you get there is to look at Jesus. It's like it talks about a snake being lifted up on a pole from Deuteronomy where the judgment of God was on God's people. Snakes were biting people. And they come to Moses and say, Moses, please help us, help us. There's, and Moses said, put a snake, put a bronze snake on a pole. If you look at it, you won't die. You'll be healed. And in John chapter 3, Jesus says this thing. He says, the Son of Man must be lifted up like the snake in the desert. He must be lifted up. And when you believe in Him, you'll be saved. You'll be born again. And so this whole idea, it's a new start and a new, a new, a new source but it is in Christ. It's when we look at Him and we must never stop looking at Him. The problem is we get distracted from Him. We begin to look at all sorts of other things and we begin to put our faith and our belief in those things rather than in Jesus who is the new start and the new source of what God wants to do in our lives. So, let's have a look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter, sorry, 1 Peter 1 chapter, verse 3. 1 Peter 1 verse 3. To be born again. What does this mean? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me read that again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is already to be revealed in the last time. If you wouldn't mind going to verse 23, which is just a little few verses down. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Let me go down, let me read a little bit further. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field, and the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. So in Peter, straight away, he kind of gets into this idea of being born again. It's a slightly different Greek word, but it carries the same meaning as John chapter 3. And uh, I just want to have a look at the implications of being born again, according to Peter. As you can see there, straight away, you see, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth. So Peter moves it, this born-again idea, to a family motif. And he talks, starts talking about the Father. He says, and the, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, has given us new birth into a living hope. That's a bit confusing for me because last week I said the source of this born-againness, this new source, is the Spirit. But now Peter's saying, actually, the source of this is the Father also. Friends, that is so significant. To be born again is to be born of a Father's will. And some of us have got bad images of what Father is. The image that God wants to give us of Himself is not a bad image. It's an image of a Father that will fight for you, live for you, die for you and give you an inheritance. Look at what happens here. He says, you, you see, friends, this new born-again experience is not some kind of new morality or behavior system. It's a new relationship with God the Father. I want to remind you, and some of you know this, many of you know this, I want to remind you, to be born again is to have a new relationship with the Father. The Father who is Christ's Father, in His great mercy. He didn't have to do this. He wanted to do this. It was His delight to do this. Has given us new birth, has given us a new beginning, has given us a new start in life. Into a living hope. You see, that's what fathers do. Fathers give hope. And the word there is probably better, better, better translated expectation into a new living expectation. If our expectation levels have dropped, 
If our, ho- if our heads are hanging low because we've lost hope, I want to tell you, friends, you've forgotten that you've been born again by the Father's will. You've been born again by the Father's will. And the Father stands there and He, and he ushers us into a living hope, a living expectation of things to come. Can I just say this? That's why it's so difficult when things don't go the way we think they're going to go. Or that you think, Lord, but if you're the Father that gave me this living expectation, why are things not going well? Because we do believe that God is good. But you see, He's a Father that is not the only thing He's doing. He's doing all sorts of things. And so He, he, he helps us walk through suffering and, and, and fact, and to grow through suffering. But this is a father that leads you through that moment. It's not a distant God. It's not a, it's not a God without a heart. It's not the God of, that is Zeus or the Romans or the Greeks. It's not those kinds of gods that are kind of worse than humans. This is a God that is of the universe, who's above all and in all. We sang about it this morning. And this God actually comes to us with his heart and he gives us, breathes new hope into us. That's what it means to be born again. Again, you see here, it's through the resurrection of Jesus. Through the resurrection of Jesus. See, John said you must look at Jesus, you must lift him up and believe in him and look on him like like the snake in the desert from Deuteronomy. Peter comes and says, through the resurrection of Jesus, this is how it's happened. It's incredible, this, this picture of being born again. The reason why we can stand, why we can receive this kind of born-again status in God is not because of anything we have done, it's because of what He has done. I want to remind you of that. You see, when the, when the, when the enemy comes and the world comes with condemnation, guilt, and shame, you stand under the Father's hand of born-againness and say, actually, no, I have a living hope. It's, it's dynamic, it's moving, it's not kind of something that is distant, but it's also not by anything I did. It, all I had to do was look and believe in Jesus and trust Jesus' resurrection. And I was given this born-again experience, a new start and a new source. But more than that, because you see, when you enter the family motif, the father it's a father that comes to look after us. But more than that, it's an amazing thing that the solution fathers send into the world to make the world a better place is a son. Solution to South Africa's problems are sons of God, daughters of God, who know who they are in God, that know whose they are and who they are. When Jesus wanted to, when God wanted to redeem the world, he sent a son. And Jesus says, you and I are adopted into that same family and carry the same rights of that son. So we can be the solution to the world that we now live in. Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When on Easter Sunday we celebrate, and in fact every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. If the resurrection did not happen, we've got nothing. But we know for a fact the resurrection happened. Through multiple accounts and 
Friends, our, our, our trust is not in, in government politics. It's not in, I met with a senior politician this week. And he was asking about the church and what's the church's role in the new kind of dispensation of. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I'm not, like, like um, Leslie Newbegin said this. He said, I'm not an optimist or pessimist. I just believe in the resurrection of Jesus. It's not a, it's not a sense of, ah, we're going to get it. We're going to drum up hope. No, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus that gives us a living hope from the Father. And then what happens is, and remember Father, so we're in the family motif. So Father is a father's heart to his people, to his children. That's why we're called sons and daughters of God. Which means you not only have a new father, you not only have a new, this new start, a new beginning, a new source, which is the father. It's the spirit, but it's also the father. Not only that, you get given a new family. That's the church, friends. The church is the family of God. It's not a perfect family by any stretch of the imagination, as you might know. In your own natural family, there's some people you're thinking, I hope they're not at Christmas. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but your family... But you've got covenant with the same Father. What are you going to do? With the same living hope by the same resurrected Jesus. You see, being born again is having a new source in the Father. But actually the Father giving you a new family. Not only a new family, but a new inheritance. See, that's what fathers do. Fathers give inheritances. Friends, we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God that we can leave our kids inheritances. The way the Bible works, friends, is that parents leave children inheritances, not the other way around. We've got to trust God and we've got to ask God, Lord, help me. I need to give my kids an inheritance. We give them a spiritual inheritance in Christ first and foremost. But more than that, we need to give them something. We need to leave them an inheritance. And he says, the father here says, I'm going I'm I'm to give to be born again is to live in the inheritance that the father has given you. And he doesn't tell you exactly what it is. But I know this, it won't perish and it won't spoil and it won't fade. One of the commentators said this, it's not affected by earthly conflict. To be imperishable means it's secure from invasion. Nobody can take it from you. This is the inheritance we have. Do not let the enemy come and rob you of the security of knowing that the inheritance that God has for you was bound up in Christ, not your own performance. It's secure from invasion from anywhere. It's also unspoiled. It won't spoil. It means it won't wear out. It's got longevity. It's got eternity in mind with it, this, this inheritance. And it will not fade away. It's not going to run out. This is the incredible life that we have. To be born again, I want to remind you. I want to remind you. 
You have a Father in heaven that has given you new life, has given you new life, hope, by the resurrection of Jesus, and he's put in your ambit an inheritance that cannot be taken from you. Time will not take it from you. People will not take it from you. And it's not like, not something that can be corrosive and corrode away. It's kept in heaven for you. And that is both coming when we go to heaven one day, but the good news is, friends, we get to live in that now. We get to live in that now. Don't let the enemy rob you of being born again from above. One Peter chapter one verse twenty three says this along the same lines. He says, "You've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed." So, in Hebrew language, seed would mean sperm. The impregnation of God is imperishable. That's how secure this is with the Father. You haven't been born again of some imperishable whim, thought, afterthought, moment of passion or lust. You've been born again from above because of the will of a father, the deliberate, designed will of the father that is imperishable. So the beginning of it was imperishable, which means the rest of it is imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God, yeah, now I'm getting more confused. So I've been born again of not imperishable seed, and, but, not perishable, but imperishable, but through, so I've been born again through the living word of God. And that and it goes on to say, this is the word that was preached to you. You see how profoundly kind of complex this is, but how satisfying to know, to be born again with a new start and a new source. The source in John chapter 3 is the Spirit. You live and walk by the Spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, 1 verse 3, the new source is the Father that gives you a living hope and an inheritance. A little bit further down, 1 Peter 1 verse 23, it says that you've been born again through the living and enduring Word of God that has been preached to you. Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. So, what it means is this. To be born again means you are being given a new start when you put your faith in Jesus. The finished work of Jesus, his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. You put your faith in this, you get given a brand new start. But then you begin to live from a new source. And that source is the Father the Son, and the Spirit. If you put these texts together. So, to be born again is to be born into the family of God where the Father is handing out inheritances and giving you living hope and living expectation. The Son is paying the price so that you can have all of this and the Spirit of God is walking with you in and through all of this. This is so simple, friends. And I want to remind you, you have been born again. You have been born again.
What does this mean? This is Peter. I love Peter. You know, Peter's the guy that, in the book of Acts and, and, the, and, the, and the Gospels, Peter's the one that gets name gets used all the time. But he's only written one, two little books. But the message version of 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 17 says this. So with all of what I've explained to you in mind, you've been given this, you've, you've, you're secure, you're secure in the Father's heart, you're secure in the Father's love, you, you start to live now as sons and daughters. We, we, it's whatever tries to come back at us from the past, we can say, no God, that's not, that's, I've, I've been forgiven of that. I've been given a new start. And actually, Lord, I want to walk and know how to walk more and more with you so that I can be effective in the kingdom and introduce other people to this kingdom and display this kingdom and be a display of your righteousness in this kingdom, etc., etc. And 1 Peter 1, verse 13 to 17, the message version says this. So, roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil. Doing just what you feel like doing. You don't know any better. You, you don't know any better then. As obedient children... Let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life of energetic and blazing, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I'm holy, you be holy. You called out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get away with sloppy living. So that's Eugene Peterson's kind of easy to understand version and what he's trying to say is he's trying to say if you know that you're born again you don't take it for granted and the fact that you've been born again everything in you moves towards Christ for more doesn't settle back and doesn't settle down and give up it continues to give in to him, surrender more and more and more to him so that you can walk into what God has for you. My question to us today, we've outlined this very basic understanding of what it means to be born again. My question to us is, are we living that? Not do you know it. I've heard this, I've read this many times. No, are you living it? Are we, are we actually living this? Are we, are we overcoming the enemy's flaming darts with faith? Are we, are we starting to press in and ask God for more? Because that's what children do. I, I'm yet to have my kids ask me for less. Have you? No, I don't, I don't want any more money, Dad. That's enough. <laughs> can I borrow the car? Yes, you can. Come back, no petrol. Well, what happened there? No. I just said, can I borrow the car? You see, friends, to be born again is to be born of the Spirit. 
and to be born of the Father's heart and to be born of the word Jesus' life and to begin to live a life like he says here, that he won't let you get by with sloppy living. There's such a thing as sloppy Christians. And the reason why we're sloppy is we've taken for granted or forgotten the amazing privilege we have in Christ. You carry a living expectation and hope in your heart. Not just for you, for those around you. You begin to carry the Father's heart, not just for you, for those around you. You begin to walk and live by the Spirit, and He gives you gifts to use. He gives you fruit to live from and live out, but then He gives you gifts to use, not just for you, for those around you. Jesus comes and dies for you. You see Him lifted up, and you put your faith in Him, and you keep your gaze on Jesus. And his blood sets you free. His blood takes away your guilt. His blood takes away every bit of shame in your life. That you can live free without condemnation. For you. But not just for you. For those around you. The reason why it's a living hope is because it can be passed on. And my question to us as a church is, are we living this kind of life? I know God's speaking to some of you right now. Some of you have walked away from God and have gone cold in God. And God wants to heat you up again. Not hit you up again, heat you up again. Some of you have become going through the motions. And as Eugene Peterson says, yes, so roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, and be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming in Christ. Roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, and get ready. Jesus is real. And you've been born again. And if you haven't been born again, and you need to be born again, today is the day. To be born again is to receive everything that Jesus has done for you that will give you a new start and a new source. That's what it means. A new start, you need a new start because you need forgiveness. You need a new start because you've got guilt and shame ridden all over you. We all do. And guess what? You're going to continue to need that new start, to be reminded of a new start, because you're going to continue to have some sin around you. And so you live by the grace of God, through the mercy of Jesus, the Father. If you haven't received that today, you need to receive that. I'm not even going to ask you to put up your hand. You just need to call out to God and give in. And just surrender your life and say, God, I want in. Choose today to look at Jesus. Choose today to believe in Jesus. And let him transform your life. 
Again, last time I preached, I said when I got saved, I, I kind of, I think I got saved, sort of. Remember I said I, had, I was part of a, a drinking club with a hockey problem on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and I came into Glenridge Church. Chris Venant was preaching, and I got born again. My family was like, what happened to you? It's so transforming. It's not a recipe, formula. It's a relationship with him, a belief in him and allowing him to do what he wants to do in your life. So that we don't go on with sloppy living. Father, I ask you now that you would come by your spirit We might not know where it's coming from and where it's going, the wind. But I do know that the wind is blowing, the spirit is moving, Lord. I see it in the lives that have been changed in the life of this church. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would settle on your sons and daughters this morning in a powerful way. Those that have gone cold in you, Lord, I pray that you'd fire them up again, Lord. And you'd remind them again of what it means to be born again. Those that have, don't know you yet, Lord, I want you just love on them, Lord. I want you reveal yourself to them. Help them to surrender. Help them to get through all the issues in their minds and the pride in their hearts and to surrender to you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you for your word, the simplicity of your word, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.